3: content note for this episode this episode is about bathroom stuff so we're going to be talking about poop toilets periods menstruation stuff and transphobia and ableism that comes with that please take care of yourself and feel free to skip through as necessary
4: i'm sophie i'm yelly and this is she's all fat
5: the podcast for fat positivity radical self-love and chill vibes only
4: and also the podcast for ibs queens
5: (laughs) sophie you are our ibs queen can't wait to hear your insight on all things bathroom for our first ever hashtag just fat things episode
4: more on that after the news corner yelly what's happening on the patreon this week
5: well, Team Paisley Moot Moo patrons have access to our Facebook group where folks are talking about the past Mercury uh, retrograde or Mercury nice. Gatorade, as we like to call it. <laughs> and we've also been chatting about some sleep pillows. And as always, our patrons are getting a bonus SAF mini-sode every week.
4: This season, our bonus mini-sodes are all Fatty Film School episodes where I bring on a guest to chat with me about fat rep and fat phobia in movies and TV. This week's mini is one that was too silly for the main feed for sure. Kung Fu Panda with me and Abby. You won't want to miss it.
5: Sign up at Patreon.com slash She's All Fat Pod for access to all of our Fatty Film School episodes and more.
4: Ding, ding, ding. Next week, we're kicking off March Media Fatness. That's
5: right. We're doing four weeks of all things fat media to close out season six. Like I said last week, if anyone's trying to make a bracket of things that are good for the fats, now's
4: your chance. I don't really know how brackets work, but please make one for (laughs) us. Uh, Fat Malie, we know you love that sweet, sweet media, so I'll give you a hint about the first movie we're covering. And he's just a no good such and such the whole
1: time. I hated Jamie (laughs) Foxx after this. I'm like, I just, you know, I don't want to see you.
5: I don't want to, I don't want to hear you. Ugh.
4: That's all we're going to say for now. Ding, ding, ding. So, Fat Molly, hopefully you've been anticipating this bathroom episode like I anticipate a good poop in the morning. Lynn, I never have a good poop in the morning. It's always bad.
5: <laughs> we decided to make this our first hashtag just fat things episode because we've heard from so many of you about the fatty frontier that is public toilets, period underwear and wiping.
4: And jokes aside, I think it's really important to lay out stuff like this that might seem silly or like a small problem to somebody who hasn't experienced it to show that the bathroom is actually a profound site of oppression for fat bodies. How what thin people see as simple using a public bathroom is anything but for fat people, trans people, and people with disabilities. We're
5: going to hear from listeners, friends of the pod, and from fat liberationist Keevan Bay about how fatphobia, ableism, and transphobia play out in the bathroom.
4: I also hope that our listeners will feel seen in this episode. A lot of you wrote in with the same rages and woes. It's almost like a system was carefully set in place to hurt specific people in specific ways, like fatphobia or ableism.
5: Sophie, get on your potty mouth, (laughs) because we're going to talk about (laughs) some of those listener write-ins right now.
4: Okay, let's start off with some public toilet woes we heard from you, the family. Okay, we have a list of comments that we are just gonna read some of. Let's see. This person says, public restrooms are the worst. They are too narrow to move around and sit comfortably in. And this other person said, when the stall is too narrow that I can't spread my legs to fucking wipe. That's like the (laughs) theme of like half of these, Mm. which is A hundred percent true have you experienced this, Yelly? I have not.
5: And it's like the privilege that I hold is a small fat that like I've never not been able to wipe or even like further down our list, somebody says bathroom stalls that open inwards in all caps. Yes.
4: Oh, my God.
5: And even with that, I like I definitely have felt uncomfortable having to like open the door inwards or whatever. But like I've never been able to name that source of discomfort. Thing. And then when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what it is.
4: Yes. This person said, restroom doors that open in whose awful goddamn idea was that and of course the industry standard of narrow stalls with TP dispensers put in just the wrong place yes that and the little sanitary bin this person says having to sit entirely upon the sanitary bin in a cubicle gross we'll talk about that with Cuban Bay a little bit but like yeah I hate having to touch the toilet paper dispenser or the like sanitary bin with my legs I'm like I don't want to touch any of this literally I I hate bathroom doors that open and you have to like shrink up. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think it would be like a funny scene in a movie because I would end up just hanging on the back of the door and it would swing shut and I'd be hanging.
3: You know what I mean?
4: Oh, my God. But it is kind of nice that all these other people. I mean, it's not nice that we all have these problems, but I'm not the only one who, quote, hates narrow bathroom stalls that require me to be a contortionist to wipe. Hundred percent. Yeah.
5: I feel very seen by this person who uh, is talking about, they say, my butt takes up most of the seat, so angled toilet bills equals splashback city. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I've definitely experienced that where either like I will like poop on the toilet and uh, it's <laughs> uncomfy or like sometimes yeah. like even if I pee, I'll like, my pee will like somehow splash either like out of the toilet or like I don't
4: know, just in weird places. It's just not comfortable. Yeah. This one also, quote, when the toilet seat is loose and shifts underneath me, <gasps> trapping a piece of my thigh fat <laughs> <Yes. It's> definitely
3: <laughs> happened to me. <laughs>
4: Oh, it's just so it's pretty cathartic to read these, honestly, and be like, yes, Yes. I hate that. Because like, I mean, honestly, all my friends, thin or not now, I would be able to like come out and complain about this stuff, you know, when we're in public once again together, which hasn't happened in, you know, literally a year. But yeah, it's like sometimes you wouldn't want to come out of the bathroom and be like, Uh, And they're like, what? And you're like, you know, you know, when the toilet seat shifts and then your thigh fat is trapped and also your leg is touching the sanitary bin. And, you know, they're going to be like, no. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, (laughs) oh,
5: Yeah. Or, like, nobody has said this yet, but, you know, when you, like, go to an airport or something and they have the toilet seats that, like, have the paper on top of the toilet seat? Oh, God. Yes. I could never use those because I would sit down and my butt would just, like, rip the paper everywhere. So it, like, didn't even do anything for me.
4: One of my biggest pet peeves is people who... Hover pee. I don't know if that's related to fat lib at all, but I, it feels like it's it is I'm like don't pee on the seat. Yeah, Just sit I down never do that. OK, so public toilets are shitty. But guess what else is shitty? Other stuff. Good writing. Lynn. here's what we heard. <laughs> OK, read some of these quotes for us. Okay, let's see. Someone says my roommate is disabled. So we have handlebars
5: attached to our toilet and I can barely fit or wipe.
4: Uh, that's such a good example of times when accessibility needs are in conflict. We talked a lot about that in our episode with Alex at Glamp UT. We can go back and listen to that if you are interested. But like, yeah, that's really hard. What are you supposed to do in that sitch? Mm -hmm. You know, like make the bathroom wall bigger? Yeah. If you have the money, if it's like not, if it's your house, what are you supposed to do if you're a renter? Let's see. What is This person say, we have a tushy, which is a bidet, and the screws that attach it come off all the time because when I wipe, the toilet seat moves. Same. Same. (laughs) Happens to me, too. Let's see. I'm uncomfy bringing up bathroom stuff with the doctor because of assumptions about size. Yep. I get that. There's a lot of things about toilets and bathrooms that uh, we got to talk about. That's why we have hashtag just bathroom stuff. (laughs) Accessibility can be difficult to talk about when we talk about bathroom stuff. One, we're not plumbers, so how do we even describe the problem? And two, we're supposed to feel embarrassed about any bathroom needs, let alone any fat bathroom needs, is how society makes us feel. So now that we've gone over some of the comments, let's head over to our voice notes.
6: Hey, Sophie and Yali and
4: Lynn. What really grinds my gears about potties is these low-flow toilets. I just bought a new place, and they had new toilets, and they're all these low-flow toilets. And I don't have a gallbladder, which means, you know what? Sometimes it gets a little messy, and I will have to flush over and over and over and over again. Otherwise, it's just stuck and disgusting on there. So, yes, abolish low-flow toilets. The amount of flushing I have to do completely offset the water savings that the toilet itself has. Love ya. Okay. <laughs> Man, I feel this about low flow toilets. I don't really know what a gallbladder does or is. So it's just interesting to hear all these different all these different problems that we all have for varying <laughs> are supposed to um, save water for the environment, yeah, right? I think so. Obviously, it doesn't save water to have to flush a bunch of times.
5: Yeah, because my extended family lives in Venezuela. They have a low flow toilet just because of, like their water system is different than ours. And I used to feel such a huge sense of shame whenever I had to like poop or something and flush several times over there because my like family's very fat phobic in a lot of ways by extended family, yeah. and that was definitely like very anxiety inducing of having to flush several times, but also being scared that they're going to be like fat phobic about it.
4: Oh my god! Of course, gosh, I hadn't even made that connection. I just remember anytime I, I just know anytime I encounter it, I'm like, well, here's w- good waste of water, flush, 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 flush. <laughs> flush. <laughs> um okay let's hear this voice memo from friend of the pod jay Oh gosh, okay, one of my
2: biggest bathroom issues right now is actually pretty important, which I know all of them, all of the issues are important, but this one I feel like people don't talk about as much because of ableism and weird stigma, you know, about people who can't reach, who can't reach to care for themselves after using the bathroom, and I am one of those people now, and at home I have a bidet, and it's been great and amazing, and I work from home, and I've been able to safely go. But I really, really want to return back to in-person work when we're able to safely do so. So I've been trying to work with my workplace to get a bidet installed. And it's been kind of frustrating because there's a lot of red tape and logistical stuff to work out. But, you know, a bitch just wants to poop at work. You know, that's all all I'm trying to do is just go and go in a way that I care for myself afterwards. So... (laughs) I think that's something that we don't talk much about because of the stigma around it. But I think a lot of super fats and people on the higher end of the fat spectrum and people with accessibility issues like we are dealing with this behind the scenes silently and often with shame. And I would love if we could just toss that out the door and make it normal. Let's make it normal to talk about your needs so that you can, you know, work properly and not be in pain because you can't go until you get home which is something that was going on for me like i was leaving work a lot and taking days off when i was having an especially difficult day and i just want to be able to shit at work and then wipe my ass or whatever you know i want to be able to shit at work and <laughs> and care for myself and get back to it and not deal with that extra stress and anxiety so yeah that's a, a pretty big bathroom issue that really i know a lot of people going through this in
4: the dark really I love this voice note. I think Jay is, as usual, right on point. And it is like, you know, even while we're recording this together and it's just me and you, the fact that people are going to listen to this is making me anxious a little. Like, it's scary to talk about bathroom stuff because people make it awkward. It's interesting how it's like such a taboo
5: thing sometimes.
4: Like, some of it makes sense in terms of like, you know, like Victorian... Mm-hmm. ideals about cleanliness or whatever but like you know i think especially in the western context of like that is so informed by those like kind of shameful victorian values etc i mean there's health reasons to not want to be close to your poop right it's like natural that humans are like poop's gross because you shouldn't you you don't want to touch it or like eat it (laughs) right like it's bad for you (laughs) to do any of those things but we have all these issues that like in a modern world we need to be able to figure out together we need to be able to talk about them and that has nothing to do with like the poop itself it's like a accessibility issue Mm -hmm. you know the same way that like i don't know like, drinking water or wearing clothes doesn't actually have to do with my body or my hydration needs. It's, like, accessibility. You know what I mean? Yeah.
5: Something that uh, Jay said that was interesting as well is, like, I've never been able to not – like just go to the bathroom when I have had to whereas like I definitely know some people who are like I will not go to the bathroom in a public place I will hold it until I get home like and are very adamant about it
4: and it's interesting because like some people feel that way you know whatever people can feel whatever they want Mm -hmm. about their bodies or their waste disposal (laughs) resources (laughs) but like the fatter I got the more I felt that way because I'd be afraid of going to the bathroom for the all the above mentioned reasons totally you know And definitely, I think about that when I think about wanting to ever travel again. Like the airplane bathroom seems like a huge, I mean, opposite of huge, it seems like such a tiny space that I don't know how I can get in there anymore, which is obviously going to be a big problem if I get the chance again to fly anywhere that's more than two hours away, right? The airplane Um,
5: bathroom is also just mortifying because the airplane is so small in general. Yes. So I remember there was one time that I like had a really bad like tummy thing going on and I had to go to the bathroom at the airplane several times and it was like really smelly and everybody could smell it. And I remember it just being like mortifying, but there was also just nothing I could do about it.
4: Not at all. And that kind of situation is also a good example of like the way that You know, some of these things are accessibility things that come with being in a larger body. And some of them are like fears about the way that people or straight sized people or society in general will perceive us and map the grossness of poop Mm -hmm. onto like fat bodies, totally. you know? Like everybody has stinky poops. There's plenty of people without their gallbladder or whatever who are thin, you know? There's plenty of people who have IBS or who have, you know, whatever, Crohn's, like anything like that that are thin. But it does feel much scarier and more embarrassing when you're in a in a fat body or a larger body or a disabled body to be looked at again society and and in yet another way that connects your body to some sort of quote unquote perceived failure you know what I mean yeah
5: we don't just have potty probs for you we also have some tools and resources to make your fat bathroom experience a little bit better or easier
0: hey it might be too late but you're asking for bathrooms Things or stories. I just wanted to say there was a point in my
4: fat journey where I realized no one ever talked about or gave you advice or tools for if you're too fat to actually reach when you have to go to the restroom. I found really good resources, but it was
0: all on my own. So for the super fats out there, if you're having like bathroom struggles and you need tools, I highly recommend getting
1: a bidet, and you can also get a wand that helps you
4: reach where you
6: need to reach a little bit easier. There's no shame in needing these tools, and it's actually quite enjoyable to use a bidet. Uh, Thanks.
3: Yes.
4: I definitely feel like I've mentioned my bidet before. 100% recommend a bidet. It has made our household very happy, honestly. Victor loves it, too. Everyone loves a fucking bidet. It's great. That's amazing. They're so much more common other places, too. And they're better for your butt. Yeah. I don't have a bidet, but I really want one. I really do I highly recommend There's pretty cheap ones That you can get on Amazon Like the Tushy bidet Or like the the one that we have I think is like Between $100 and $200 That's relative I mean cheap for a bidet You know what I mean That's not cheap cheap But that's cheap for a bidet And they are extremely helpful Accessibility tools Love this Okay let's hear from our friend Ash over at the Fat Lip (laughs) hey y'all this is
1: ash from the fat lip and my husband and i have been house hunting and one of the things that's like a perpetual anxiety of mine is toilets that don't have enough room around them so that i have room to sit and you know take care of my business and so when you're house hunting that's like something i'm always always concerned about so we're working with a realtor and this time I just came out and told them exactly what the problem was and exactly what I needed. And my realtors have been amazing. They like jumped right in. They're, you know, helping measure around toilets and stuff like that. They're like pointing out fo- in photos what looks bad and what looks good and like what looks like there's not enough room. So I just encourage you if you're looking for a house and this is an issue to just talk to your realtors about it. I know it's like a weird and uncomfortable conversation to have but it's worked out so well like I feel so much better about it and I feel like we're gonna find something that is the perfect situation and that I'm gonna be able to use the toilet comfortably in my own home and that's really important thanks guys
4: Okay, Ash, thank you for sending that in. I love that. I'm so glad that you feel like you're going to be able to find a place that is accessible and comfy for you. Please let us know how that goes. And I think you're totally, first of all, brave to talk about that, literally, because it's scary. It is a scary thing to do, like we've been talking about. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the realtor's job is to find you a place that you're comfy in and happy with. You know, I wish we could spread that out other places like in Jay's memo. You know, I wish that we were hearing like, wow, you know, my bosses were are really like working to make this safe for me, blah, blah, blah doesn't always happen unless, you know, like a realtor is supposed to is that's their job, totally. literally, is to make, you know, find a place for you. Yeah, it's like I wish I had known to do that. I mean, my bathroom is fine, but there's things about our house that like I didn't think to talk about. And now when we're looking for our next place, I'm definitely going to make a list of my accessibility needs and have that like top of mind because it just wasn't something that was ever presented to me as something I could do.
5: Same. I was really surprised that Ash was even able to ask for a different size toilets. Like I had a little bit of an aha moment where I was like, oh yeah, like those exist. They're just not normalized because people are fat phobic and don't cater
4: to fat people. That's... Being wanting to be comfortable in your home's bathroom is deaf is like up there with like, I want a kitchen island or whatever the yeah. fuck, you know, that's a real important home need, of course. So I'm so glad that Ash has been able to share that with her realtor. And I hope that like other people who are in that position are able to do so. Man, it would be useful for renters if there were some sort of like list of questions to ask or list of things to figure out like that about rental spaces too. Maybe a family member will hear that and do that. Also, I wonder if that's possible on Algo. I wonder if that is a feature of Algo. We should check that out. Totally. Okay, so... Talking about some of this stuff, we've we've already talked about how you feel like as a smaller fat, you haven't experienced some of this. And I have experienced more of it for sure as I get fatter. And as I have more, hashtag bathroom prompts, hashtag IBS, hashtag IBS. <laughs> Poop problems. But there's this article that I was like, we need to put this on there. This is originally written by Jay, who we just heard from on their website, comfyfat.com. It's reprinted on Fat Girl Flow, which is Jay's partner Carissa, Friends of the Pod. We love them both. You can head over to that in the show notes. And they have written for us a really good list of like hygiene and hygiene products. And this it just like fits right in with the theme of the episode because these are things that I think people, especially fat people, find hard to talk about because it feels embarrassing. It feels like something that we've caused for ourselves with our bodies or something. But you know what? None of that's true. Thin people have stuff that fits them, so we get to have stuff that fits us. Totally. So if you head over to that article, you'll find a list of things that are super helpful. One thing that I wanted to highlight is – like long-handled products like is something I never thought about as an accessibility thing but obviously it is like using a long-handled scrubber for your back makes scrubbing your back so much easier and I never I've like seen them at Rite Aid and whatever and been like look it's a loofah on a stick and then also had the thought I can't scrub the middle of my back but I never put together (laughs) 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 I should use one Ever I don't know why it's
3: yeah, amazing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so there's a lot of really helpful things for like hygiene in particular and like other things along this route if you want to go check those out. It's nice to have some little listicles like this and also just like a conversation like clearly Jay and Carissa are like great people to have these combos with to not don't go comment about your bathroom problems on there instagrams unless they ask for that (laughs) but like it's like they're good they're a great example of having these combos out loud you know now before we move on um to the break i'm going to throw this over to our senior producer lynn to tell us about a clip that she learned from about accessibility and gender identity mental health and all sorts of things
3: Hi, this is Lynn. I wanted to share with you guys this video I found, we're going to link it in the show notes, uh, by director Chrissy Mann. So basically what they did is they have this uh, Barbie doll who they call a Butch Dyke superhero action figure of themselves. And they're going around rating bathrooms on how inclusive they are. And they give a couple of really good tips for how to make bathrooms more accessible in public places. So some things they suggest are signs that affirm the range and privacy of one's gender, single stalls with grab bars, paddle faucet handles, a roll under sink, which basically means that it's wheelchair accessible, and a bathroom that's well lit. And they say accessible bathrooms make queer sense, body positivity, respect, clear communication, and self-determination. I thought this video did a really good job of showing how Transness and fatness and ability can all interact, and how it's actually not that hard to provide a space that could be accessible from those different angles. And when we're
4: back, period stuff. <laughs> And we're back!
5: The second half of the episode is dedicated to Fats Who Menstruate.
4: God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Let's kick it off with a little story from friend of the pod, Jordan Underwood. Hi, this is Jordan. So, basically,
5: my thing about my period is that I have continuously throughout my life tried to use a diva cup and i no longer do that because last time i tried it it got stuck so far up my vagina that i almost dislocated my shoulder trying to take it out so (laughs) here we
2: are
4: Never, okay, so I don't get my period right now because I skip it with my birth control, and I have never tried to use a diva cup because before I skipped my period, I had an IUD, and you can't use a mm. diva cup with an IUD because the suction could pull it, rip it out of your uterus. Yes, no, thank <laughs> you. which is terrifying to me. And then after that, I just kind of was like, I'm afraid of these; they could suction things out. But obviously, they're like fine and good. This is like the kind of experience I am terrified of using a diva cup. (laughs) This is why they scare me.
5: I have been using a diva cup for a few years now and I really love it but it was such a steep learning curve and I think part of it had to do with just like folks really aren't taught to be aware of their body in a lot of ways. So like for me, for somebody who like has a vagina, I like wasn't really aware of what that meant uh geography wise, I guess. Or like yes. anatomically. It took me such a long time to learn how to actually use it properly and how far to like stick it up so that it suctions and works properly.
4: Yeah. None of that is well described. Even for things as like generally used, widely used as tampons. Mm-hmm. Like I think so many people with vaginas have a memory of trying to figure out how to use it. And like I remember Definitely the steep learning curve, even with tampons, of like I walked around really uncomfortable with my tampon like sideways for like (laughs) several times. Me too, yeah. When you don't know what you're doing, you know, and you look at the picture and you're like, okay, up what mm-hmm. like you just have no idea and it's more complicated when you may have to reach around in a different way or move your body in a different way if you're you have more fat in the way you yeah know?
5: it's so tough my partner Haley is able also uses like a menstrual cup and they're able to just sit down like on the toilet and insert it but I physically have to get down into like a little froggy position and like oh, shove my it up, or else I can't <laughs> get it in because like our bodies just are very different
4: yes Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Accessible Diva Cup, please. Here's another Diva Cup voice memo. Hi, this is
6: Hannah. And this is my first time calling to leave a message. I'm pretty excited. But um, I had to just state some grievances about bathroom things as a fat person. So I will preface this by saying I'm a mid-fat. I am also very short. And I am in my
4: 30s. So my
6: two main complaints is, one, wearing a Diva Cup while fat is a lot, especially reaching the short arm to grab the Diva Cup and, you know, do all the things with it, especially in public bathrooms, is so difficult. The second thing is wiping that ass. Well, if y'all have any suggestions for like, I don't know, biodegradable or environmentally friendly booty wipes, then please let me know. Thanks.
4: <laughs> okay. I mean, so this is like what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. That it's hard to... This seems hard to me to put the Diva Cup up there with fat in the way.
5: Well, especially I personally have never changed my Diva Cup in public. I did it one time Uh and then it fell into the toilet and (gasps) got flushed down the toilet. Oh my God. So I haven't done it since then. (laughs) It was also while I was working at like a safari. So my uniform was like khaki (laughs) pants. It was awful. What did you do? I literally just like you know how you you take some toilet paper and yeah, you roll it yeah, up yeah, and you yeah. kind of tuck it into the folds and it just vibes there for a little bit.
4: Oh my god!
5: But I, aside from that, I've never taken it out in a public restroom, and I can only imagine how much tougher it must be to put in and insert if you're already restricted space-wise in that yes. like bathroom. Man, stall. this is
4: just all really making me reflect on why we wanted to do this episode in the first place, which is like so many of these bathroom things they feel so much more embarrassing if you're fat it feels like people are going to judge you for not being clean or not something you know question mark question Mm -hmm. mark and it's really just like how can i use my t-rex arms to put a diva cup (laughs) in when i'm Okay, so other bathroom stuff that could be hard to talk about as we're talking about periods. The fat family came through with some recommendations for fat and trans-inclusive menstrual underwear and reusable pads. I personally have not used any of these because, again, I have got my period since the Trump era started. <laughs> <laughs> so... I haven't used any of these, but the Fat Malie wanted to recommend some of these. So we wanted to let you know about them. We will put their names in the show notes. I don't know if I want to link to them because, again, we don't know them, but we'll put the names there so you can look it up yourself. So the first one is called Isle. That's all I know about it. (laughs) This <laughs> <Get> one is <laughs> called Revelundies. They go up to 5X and they are drafting their size range to go up to a true 8X. Thank you to Megan at The Green Violet who DM'd us about them. And Tomboy X goes up to 6X now. But yeah. So those are some things you can look for for sustainable period resources. I mean, I'm not convinced that. Period panties are sustainable either because you have to wash them in the washing machine and they're what are they made of? Is there plat? You know what I mean? I don't think there's Mm -hmm. true, you know, no true sustainability under capitalism, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But if you're into menstrual underwear and reusable pads... Go for it.
5: Yeah.
4: I think also with periods like, I mean, you'll hear some about this in the interview with Keevan, but I don't think I said this, that like one of the reasons that it's important to talk about all of this is that both in terms of periods and in terms of poop, I had legit disorders that were not diagnosed for a while because I had a lot of shame about them slash was told it was just for being fat. For example, with my period, I spotted constantly or had heavier periods than lighter periods or like missed them. Classic PCOS signs. But I was told by the first doctor I talked to, no, it's just because you're fat and you probably eat too much sugar. You know, I've talked plenty of times about like my IBS stuff and being told at the doctor once again that I was probably having irregular poops because I ate too much fat and sugar. So like that's like a particular doctor example of why this stuff is important to talk about both to get a diagnosis so that I could move forward on finding treatment for myself and just to have words to talk about what was going on, what's going on with you, you know? I mean, it is, it's like funny anytime, sorry, like anytime you talk about poop, it's funny because it's poop, you (laughs) know what I mean? Like it's just, it's silly. But it also, especially if you're fat, especially if you have another disability, especially if you have some sort of chronic illness, autoimmune disease, any Those things, you have a lot of needs associated with them. And it's important for us to feel like we can talk about them and find help for our needs. So I hope that us, me and Yelly, talking about this together in a loving and friendly way and playing all your voice memos has made you feel a little bit more empowered or able to think about doing that. Even if the reaction you get might be scary, even if you might be a little bit afraid to speak up for yourself because the world isn't set up for hearing our needs important and you deserve to be taken care of you too so let's move on to our interview with kevin bay All right, Fat Molly. here we are. I am extremely excited for this part of this episode because I'm talking to someone who I've been a stan of for a very long time. Welcome to the show, Keevan Bay, a fat liberationist who writes, makes art, and has an amazing Twitter. Welcome to the show. Hello, I- I'm Keevan Bay. <laughs> we are going to talk about something that needs more accessibility to act. And needs more talk in public in general, honestly. Hashtag just fat things. Things that straight-sized people may not know about. Things that fat people may be embarrassed or worried to talk about. Accessibility things that needs that we have. Special experiences we have. What does the fat club do in the bathroom? What are we doing in there?
0: It's different.
4: (laughs) It's different. Do you want to start with just any ideas you have? Or do you want to start with this thread you have about using Clue? What do you want to talk about? First? Well, being fat
0: and having a period already sucks like yes, so much. true. Like I yes. assume, I don't know. Like if you're a cis woman, maybe you like your period. But as a transmasculine person, I was just like, I don't like this at all. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and my family is very woo-woo crystal hippie type. It's all kinds of like sacred womanhood and all this. And I'm just like. I'm, I'm not really into this. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy. For a long time, I had an IUD, which was fantastic because it made the period go away. I don't like having a period. That's at the worst thing in the world. Like, honestly, I think the thing that I, one of the things I really liked about the Clue period tracker app is that it really gave me some idea of when my periods were getting further apart. Like the T was really like... <laughs> disrupting. I was like, ah, thank God.
4: (laughs) I mean, I hadn't thought about the specifics maybe of the trans masculine experience of like literally using a period tracker because, well, first of all, because I don't because I have PCOS. So I take my birth control, like I like skip the fake period. right? So I'm not a period in like several years because- When I don't take birth control, my periods are like completely far apart, don't make any sense, really heavy, then really like they're annoying. You know, I right. also don't, for very different reasons, I also don't have, like, a moon shining through my womb experience Right. <laughs> with I'm, my I'm period. Not like, I don't know that <laughs> anyone
0: does, but, like, yeah, no, it's.
4: I was really struck by this. You said that you felt that Clue was more neutral and customizable, which is a really important thing to know about a period app if you have to use one when you feel dysphoric about your period. That's oh, really yeah. important to know. Oh, yeah.
0: So I was like, I need to start tracking my period because it's going to be all kinds of wacky with like my IUD coming out and me doing testosterone. I'm going to need to track this. And I like typed in like period tracker into like the app store. It's just like the pink that came yeah. back to me. And like, I am a queer man. I like pink. I think pink is sure. cute. I have a pink Fetonia behind yeah. <laughs> me. I like pink. I think it's a cute color. This was like so aggressively feminine. They're all like, it's very gendered, hey, girl. Yeah. Do you bleed from your woman parts? Do you bleed woman (laughs) blood out of your girl parts? With Clue, Clue's just like, we think it's going to start now. Like, at first, the first time it was like, this is late, what should we do? And I was like, you don't need to worry about that. And they were like, okay, like, Clue will take any order I give it. If I'm like, I don't care if I'm fertile or not, Clue's like, I guess I just, I'll remove that from the thing. Okay, yeah, I'll do whatever (laughs) you want. I can literally just be like, all right, here are the things that tend to go wrong for me when I'm on my period. Like, I don't like whatever happens down in my G. I track. I don't know. That's <laughs> yes. not that's not anything I enjoy. <laughs> yes. My moods, those are interesting. Yes. And my appetite. And I was curious about that. I was like, is this gonna be like fat phobic? And it's just like there's a cravings tracker oh, where yeah. it's like, Are you craving salty or sweet or carbs? Yeah. And it was interesting because I'd never noticed those things. In conjunction with my period, because I was always like, I'm not wild about having this, so I'm gonna ignore it as much as possible.
4: Yes, totally. Like tracking that stuff to find out that I had PCOS felt similar. Like I was like, oh, I didn't realize my body was doing this stuff. I just thought it some it was doing something wrong, and I felt very disenfranchised from those apps in the first place. Like again, very different reasons. Like I'm not trying to co-opt. No, it's
0: weird. You've got like I've heard from a lot of different people who. They liked that Clue allowed them to see, like, this will make me sound like I'm sponsored by Clue. I know, I was going to say,
4: this this is not sponsored by (laughs) Clue.
0: I like that it's red instead of pink. I like that it doesn't assume I'm going to have a period. I like that you can toggle their fertility. I like that you can look at your past irregular periods. I heard from someone that they looked at that and showed it to their doctor. And their doctor was like, oh, you've got PCOS. Like, they are like, help them get their diagnosis. And, like, I use it. Like, every week when I do my testosterone shot, I have a custom tag that I set up. You know, I exfoliate once a week. I use, like, my ads, and I've got to have my tag. Because otherwise, I'll get depressed, and then I'll be like, when was the last (laughs) time I did that? Like,
4: (laughs) Same. I have to track that stuff, too, or else I forget. I was wondering if you felt a way about menstruation that was impacted by fatness as well.
0: That's so hard to consider because... Fat and gender are so like deeply Intertwined. entwined in my yes. experience that it's hard to like delineate those things. Yeah. Like, I got pregnant one time and I had an abortion. I did a Twitter thread about that one time. And being pregnant was so bad for my mental health. I wasn't in like a great place otherwise, but like the hormonal changes from being pregnant interacted with my specific mental illnesses in such a way that I was like, I do not ever want that to happen. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't agree with my stomach. So I just, anything, anytime I get like the menstrual cramps, I'm like, this isn't this isn't helping. This isn't good. This isn't the thing for (laughs) you.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think in general, I think menstruation is not like pitched comfortably in our society. Like I am definitely within the cis market. And yet I still feel very alienated from period stuff. First of all, because I haven't had a period in a while. Secondly, because I've always felt very Like, when my period was very heavy, I had some sort of weird connection with it being fat, like, being too much. Like, I would feel like, oh, my God, I'm fat and my period's too much and I have to use three different pads in an hour. Oh, god! like, tampon sizes
0: are such a whole fucking thing. One
4: of my, like, original trauma stories from middle school is that this girl, I asked her for a tampon. This was, like, soon after I started getting my period. I asked her for a tampon and then I was, like, thinking about it and I was like, I should ask for two because I'll need one again later. So I asked for two tampons and then she started a rumor that I needed to use two tampons at once because I was fat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> and like there that really like-
0: is nothing quite as cruel <laughs> as a child. You know what I right? mean? Like they are right? frightening little creatures.
4: So like since then, I remember feeling like somehow my period was connected with being fat. Somehow I was doing that wrong too
0: you know uh, well they'll make anybody's fat body feel like anything your fat body is doing is wrong yes. to anyone else they're like you're sitting wrong you're exercising wrong you're standing so wrong you're moving wrong it's like anything your body does they're like this is wrong like like I feel like everybody assumes that like only fat people get like sweaty boob rash or whatever yes. Like I get the sweaty boob rash I wear a binder in summer you don't even want to know what happens to me <laughs> Thank God for HIBA cleanse yes. I literally had this skin rash, and I paid to go see a doctor. And he was just like, you just get those because you're fat. And I was just like, okay, well, here's, a, you know, $200 <laughs> oh, <God>. or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bye. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Thanks. Yep. And then, like, five, six years later, I, like, ended up in the hospital, and I ended up with this new doctor who was actually decent and i told him i was like i don't know i guess i have this rash but i like you just get those because you're fat he's like no we just we'll just give you a prescription it'll be gone in like (laughs) 10 days like it's it's fine it's like a two-week prescription it's fine and it's just like so much shame and like assumption around fat bodies leads to fat people getting like inadequate medical care like this idea of like Oh your period's just supposed to suck because your body sucks right. and it's like yes. no you have PCOS <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or like you're supposed to need this and not this and then you're experiencing discomfort because like your fatphobic parents keep getting you like huge tampons and you
4: Oh my god, yes. That's exactly it. So now we're getting more into the hashtag Joe's fat things, and I'm very glad that you (laughs) brought up Hibiclens, because Hibiclens is definitely one of my fat bathroom secrets. Let's explain what Hibiclens is.
0: This soap is like, it smells like a hospital, and it (laughs) it smells (laughs) like a hospital, and you you don't use it every day. But anywhere that you get that like skin-on-skin discomfort like I've known plenty of people with large tits of all sizes who experience that but you might get it in your underarms you might get it like down in your belly button wherever like yeah
4: and under your tummy maybe
6: or or, your groin
0: right right. like just wash there with hibiclens like twice a week like that's it if somebody had given that to me in high school I would have been saved so much self-consciousness and like so much like discomfort, like genuine physical discomfort, but also just like discomfort with my body and like self-consciousness. That's like really unfair that we just assume that fat bodies are meant to fail. So we don't think to tell like our fat kids or our fat patients or anyone like that, like, Oh, you should try this. Yes. And I love, like, as a fat person, being able to tell other fat people, I have a solution for you. Because, like, coming from a thin person, you're like, why don't you go –
4: why don't you (laughs) – Oh, you can say it on here. – not tell me
0: what to do about anything, (laughs) Jeremy. Like (laughs) –
4: Literally, I mean, I've been on the HippoCleanse train for a long time because it's also recommended for use, like if you have HS, Hydrogenitis suppurativa, which I have. If you're a new Fat Malay listener and you don't know about HS, it's like an autoimmune thing where you get boils in your sweat gland areas and it fucking sucks. I always, every time I mention it, I have people emailing me being like, oh my God, I have that because it's like another thing that doctors just told me was from being fat that actually wasn't from being fat. But HippoCleanse is good for that. And it's also good for like any what Kevin is saying, and any kind of intertrigo or like any kind of rash that you might get. You're probably fine. Just use Hibiclens and keep it dry. Yeah, you're probably like fine.
0: Twice a week, like you yeah. know, like every yeah. other time <laughs> that you shower, and just on the areas that you need it. And I, it's so nice. I yes. would, I like want to give like cute bottles of it out as like gift bags or something (laughs) just like i swear by this stuff
4: love hippoclans what are your other bathroom woes or secrets tips tricks secrets shames hates loves (laughs) so like
0: obviously i don't have to deal with this so much while we're in quarantine But I hate going to the bathroom in public. That's kind of like a trans issue that's also a fat issue because... Yeah,
4: of course.
0: Just, it's really, really hard. Fat is deeply degendering. It's why, like, fat women have to, like, extra perform femininity if they want to, like, get any respect. And it's why, like, fat men have to be, like... Super hairy bear man, in order to like get any like recognition of their masculinity, like otherwise, you just sort of like fall into this like no man's land of like being perceived, which is generally fine until you run up against a transphobe who's got like Mm -hmm. something to say to you. The first time I went to Geek Girl Con. I was like maybe six months on testosterone. And, yeah, I ran into a very transphobic security guard at oh a no. Greyhound bus station where I was like, oh, I need to use the bathroom. And it was just very it, – it was a bad experience. I'm so sorry. And well, sucks. it's okay. It's just – it's one of those things where – I think that a lot of like skinny trans masculine people have the problem where they're seen as very young. Yeah. But a lot of fat people have this problem where we're not really seen as our gender, or really seen. You get you get very degendered. You have to you have to really hyper perform yeah. that gender in order to get it recognized. When you're fat, you gotta like you know flannel shirt. Hair all down like a giant beard, like oh yeah, we get axe, perceived a lot maybe. as like
4: Wally Wally humans, you know. And
0: just, like,
4: there's nothing
0: wrong with the Wally humans. I can tell the difference between I know and their gender presentation because I can just like see oh, what people are putting sense out of there. Like,
4: very amorphic. Like Disney creations of just like round, round body equals. Oh, yeah, no, it was totally fat phobic. But I guess what I'm
0: saying is there's people who look like that, and I think that I can read their gender. Oh, yeah. Like whatever they're putting out there. I feel like I'm open to reading. I feel like it's like you have to be very maliciously inclined towards fat people to do that degendering i don't think that the degendering is like a natural consequence it's like of innate. my body yeah yeah, being yeah, yeah, larger. yeah i feel like it's like a consequence of like malice and i think that's one of the things that makes using the restroom is hard when you're fat yeah. is like your gender is i know that there's fat cis women who get not treated nicely by transphobes who don't want to read their gender properly. Fat trans women, by the way, go through, like, just the freaking worst to use the bathroom. Like, it is so hard to be a fat trans woman. It's hard to be a trans woman and, like, using the public restroom. But when you're fat, like, you really got to, like, put on a show to get people to recognize your gender, especially when you're trans. And because, like, surgeries are gatekept so much from, like, fat trans people, it can become harder and harder and harder for fat trans people and fat people obviously of any gender to escape scrutiny from these like hyper scrutinizing fascist ideologies that are like very much obsessed with like you know creating uber humans that are supposed to like hyper perform these like heteropatriarchal genders and everybody else gets, like, set out to this no-man's land, this, like, zone of exclusion where there's, like, no personhood. You're, like, yeah, just sort of what is not to be. Yes. And it's very frustrating. I
4: mean, that's that's getting to one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about bathroom stuff. It's, like, <laughs> every human has to go to the bathroom. And yet, it's such a complicated experience. <laughs> every person shits. Not everybody eats meat. Not everybody, like, drinks the same whatever. Every single person (laughs) goes to the bathroom, (laughs) you know what I mean? And yet we have all of this, like, you're describing layers on layers on layers of issues we put in front of it because of how we feel we have to perform according to these rules about this basic function. Well,
0: and then, like, everything comes into, like, the rationalized body for the built environment as well. Like, I'm not a super fat person, and, you know, somebody who's heavier than I am has to worry about, like, their toilet seat. Like, I've broken a toilet seat before. It's more common than you think. But, yes. like, we could just manufacture those things differently. We could just manufacture these things better. Absolutely. But we design and build our environments around smaller bodies and then like you're a fat person with a really crappy apartment that's only got a small shower stall like that's really frustrating especially if you don't have a removable shower head like yes all of that becomes like a barrier to your body because you're having, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Wear shoes that are too small for you? like Right,
4: right. What you, was the term you used at the beginning of this? There's this
0: rationalized body that comes about in a lot of built environments. It's a really sexist thing that comes up. Like women are not considered a lot when we design things like seatbelts, but everything kind of rotates around this normalized body, this rationalized body. We're like, this is the normal range on your BMI. This is the normal range on your height. And we all kind of skew towards that, this off the rack size where we assume that everyone will basically sort of fit.
4: And everything is designed or made for that average, quote unquote, bell curve of experience. Yes, okay.
0: And if you're at any end of that bell curve, you start experiencing accessibility issues. Yes. If you're at any like very tall, or very short, or very fat, or very, very thin, you start to run into issues of like seats that fit you properly, or finding clothes that fit you properly, or being able to reach things or being able to sit Mm -hmm. comfortably in a car or all of these issues that sort of come up and start to wear on your body because your body is sort of being rejected by the built environment that it's trying to exist in in a way the built environment is isn't made for you exactly so in many ways you're kind of like constantly carrying this tension from that that's very stressful
4: yes (laughs) that makes a lot of sense what you're saying i think it's like how again these are like natural meaning like your body just does this process you need to go (laughs) and we like put these barriers in the way that become more and more visible the more and more whatever you are fat like you know short tall like any of these things right Right.
0: like we just were like it would be so nice if everyone could just try to make yourselves just Basically, all about the same shape and size (laughs) and color. Like we don't even think about how this rationalization, like when it interacts with racism, like
4: oh, totally.
0: You think about like how film wasn't originally developed to actually like capture darker darker skin, skin, yeah, things like that. Because we don't build our environment and the things within it around the other form and that extends to the bathroom that extends to like public restrooms and the home and yeah
4: so let me ask you this if you were to design your ideal bathroom what would it be
0: i have like all sorts of things where i'm like no i need like a bath and like the toilets in a totally different room I don't like them in the same room as the bathtub. I just think that that's.
4: I think that's fine. Kevin's dream bathroom can look like whatever designed. you want. It's poorly designed. <laughs> <laughs> Europe does that more often than here, I think. They have like a little toilet closet. Right. They're very
0: civilized people. <laughs> <laughs> also a bidet. Bidets. I want a bidet. I want one. And I feel like that's probably useful for a lot of fat people too because like, I don't know, like my back hurts. My shoulder's bad. Oh, yeah.
4: (laughs) It makes things a lot easier. Okay. So there's a bidet in the toilet in like a different room.
0: And I need a a large tub. I'm an old, old man and my (laughs) back hurts so much. And I'm in this apartment with this little tub. That my small pocket-sized skinny husband can, like, <laughs> stretch out in and be comfortable in. and
4: Dang. We want to get you a big soaking tub. I need kay. a
0: large soaking tub. I'm a sore man. <laughs>
4: yes. I want a big soaking tub that actually covers me. It's not like Mount Tummy sticking out all the time when I'm trying. I want my whole tummy to be in the water. I just want, like,
0: my thighs and hips to not be pinched because my is too big to like yes. because they're so narrow, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> like any of this.
4: It hurts,
0: it hurts. Oh my
4: god. <laughs> yes. Okay, I agree. Do you want to hear my ideal bathroom? Yes. I'm inspired by your idea. I think definitely having the water closet to the side, mm, the toilet in its own room with the door shut. Now that I thought of it, I can't unthink it. Definitely bidet. Except I want the bidet. In this, in this dream bathroom, I want the bidet that I saw at this famous person's house I got to go to for 4th of July one time randomly. And it was just entirely, the whole toilet looked like a huge machine. It was all white. It was the solidest toilet I feel like I've ever sat on. It felt like it could bear all my weight. And the bidet remote control had like 80 different options on it. So I want that one.
0: I feel like (laughs) I would get choice paralysis with that many (laughs) options. I'd be like, I don't know what to do. I
1: don't
4: know what to do. (laughs) It felt very luxurious is all I'm saying. So I want that in the bathroom closet. And then also in there, it's like wide. So I can like sit however I want to. The walls are not close. So I don't have to like weirdly push in my like, thighs while i'm trying to go to the bathroom and there's plenty of space in front of me one of the things that weirds me out about bathrooms is when the toilet is facing a mirror and you have to like look at yourself while you're trying (laughs) to shit i can't can't (laughs) do it so there's like nothing in this in this little closet it's just like nice lighting and you know there's a a, a bunch of toilet paper roll stacks so you don't have to worry about using too much toilet paper you're like they're they're fine there's like a lot here and there's always a candle burning in there And then in the main part of the bathroom, I also want the soaking tub and I want like a full length mirror and I want a little makeup mirror. Now I'm just like going off on my fantasy about like every other (laughs) little luxuries I would like. But I also wish I had a like, this is going to sound weird, like a dog shower, but for an adult, like I wish I had like, like, body sprays and, like, a thing more... I don't know, like I would my, want mine you know to be I mean? set
0: up, like, very much like a traditional, like, Japanese bath where you've got, Is that like what it looks the, like, kind of? I want, like, basically the bathroom floor to have, to be, like, cement with, like, a drain in it. Mm, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a removable shower head on the wall and a little stool. I yes. can just, like... Fill up a bucket with soapy water <laughs> and wash myself really, really good, and then rinse yeah. off, and yeah. then get into the super hot bathtub. Yes, exactly, all clean exactly. That's waiting for me. That is yes. everything I want.
4: Hundred percent. I want plenty of towels and washcloths so that I can like dry off whatever, wherever I want, like however I want. Lots of towels, lots of all of the creams and powders that I need plenty of cream or whatever it's called the prescription cream in case I get topical yeast infection. <laughs> plenty, <laughs> <laughs> Everything I might need would be there. And that is my dream for a bathroom. But in general, I just wish that when I went back in public, I wasn't worried about bathrooms. You know?
0: Yeah, like I always feel guilty about using, like, the wheelchair-accessible stall, so I try not to, unless the stalls... Because the stalls come in different sizes, it feels like. Some stalls are smaller than others. Some stalls, I can handle the small stall, and it's fine. But some stalls, like, their small, as opposed to their wheelchair-accessible stall, is so small that I'm like, I don't know that I can comfortably turn around in here. I don't think I can get around the door.
4: <laughs> yeah. And especially not if you have a bag or a jacket. Like if you're carrying anything else, donezo. Yeah. But don't you think in that case that like the wheelchair accessible stall is like also the only accessible place for you? Then then that's what we're supposed to use.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it is like an accessibility issue and I feel like I am yeah. allowed to use it. I just yeah. I feel bad because I know a lot of people just use it because they, they want, want more space to, or whatever and yeah like that's rude don't do that but like <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: if you need the space because you can't yeah. get around the door otherwise like i feel like yeah. it should be okay
4: it's fine i mean i as a fat person have a lot of i don't want to be seen as gross or weird and bathroom stuff is like scary that way you know oh yeah so i yeah for sure i have a lot of anxieties about that stuff where i'm like how can i hide anything that's going on with me so nobody will think it's weird you know
0: yeah no it's i i get so tired of that it's sort of is one of the hardest parts about like being trans masculine is like you look for like any other advice and the stuff that gets lifted the most obviously is like thin white very specific kind of look yeah and you're like i that's not me yeah yeah that's not totally Totally. (laughs) (laughs) and it often doesn't speak to like your specific needs you're like what do i do as like a fat trans masculine person when i'm binding if i have large uh maybe droopier boobs and they don't like staying in the half binder like these are problems that people just don't They don't think about it as openly because it's embarrassing for them, and
4: totally. And that's why, like, I'm like glad we're talking about this, Fat Malie, I know you'll want to follow Kevin everywhere, so you can look in the show notes. There is the Twitter, there is the PayPal, there is the Cash App, the coffee, and the Patreon. And I highly suggest doing all those things. Is there anywhere else we can find and support you, or anything else you want to mention before we go? Well, every week.
0: I guest on my husband's YouTube channel as he <gasps> plays Morrowind, and I generally interact with the chat there. I'm always oh down to answer so answer Fat Studies questions if anyone has them, or David or I'll just you know rap talk each other. And <laughs> he's read conversation all one word on YouTube, and it's Wednesdays at six thirty usually PM Pacific. Great. And if you drop in, say hi, and I will answer any of your questions.
4: Yay! Okay, every if you go to that Fat you better be better be polite. Show up and rep us. No, be nice.
0: screw that. Bully David. Like show up and make fun <laughs> of David.
4: <laughs> okay, bully David. Fat go bully David. Thank you so much for being on the show, being so generous with your experience and your words. And this is a real thrill for me to talk about poop with someone I admire. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> thanks for being on the show thank you and that's the episode thank you to everyone who left voice memos and shared your experiences
5: and I have a suggestion for our listeners next time you're sitting on the john looking for something to do pull out your phone and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts (laughs) it's an easy way to support the show
4: and one day get us to poo and noteworthy (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> and we can't forget to shout out our patrons thank you to
4: Hallie Thornton
5: Camille Dizon
4: Brittany Kramer
5: Maggie Shepard
4: Cindy Marquis Albright Christine Horton Patty Walkman Ellen Lowey <laughs> Catherine Perry thanks Katie Perry
5: <laughs> and Jen Jackson
4: we could not make this show without you without poo happy poops <laughs> happy poops she's all fat was created by me Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the Family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she's all fat You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023, and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at ACAST.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by carolyn pennypacker riggs our website was designed by jesse fish and our logo is by hannah sanger lynn barbera co-produced and edited this episode yelly cruz is our magical junior producer our thin crony forever is maria bertel i'm our host and co-producer our facebook instagram and twitter handles are at she's all fat pod you can find the show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play and wherever else you get your podcasts stay safe we love you